Hi, everyone, and welcome to the LevantX podcast. We have an amazing guest with us today. I cannot wait to introduce her to you guys. Her name is Sheikha Intisara Sabah, and she's going to be talking to us about some really, really interesting things. You know, um, I was just speaking to her before we started our recording, and she mentioned to me that we are all suffering from our own trauma, our own war trauma, and it's time for us uh, to come together and to try to make a difference. So on that note, and to hear more from her, please, Your Highness. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for this beautiful introduction. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to have you with me. I have so many questions I want to ask you. My mom is a music and drama uh, enthusiast. Oh, and nice. yes, she had me in plays from the age of five. So uh, I've always been interested in drama therapy and I really truly believe it works. And I want to know, uh, before we get onto that, why did you get into this? What inspired you to take this journey? The journey of, of drama therapy or the journey, my the journey, whole journey? <laughs> you have a very, very large journey. So yeah, I need to keep it Very short. interesting journey indeed, yes. <laughs> so to keep it short and sweet and focused, your journey into moving out uh, to dealing with people with trauma, especially war trauma, um, being uh, obviously living in Kuwait, being part of the Middle East, you know, you have been subjected to uh, a lot of things, whether um, the Gulf War or even just what's happened around you, even the latest bomb blast, which took place in Beirut. You know, um, I've been talking to people in the GCC who tell me we felt it. Uh, we felt it and we feel it and it hurts. So um, I know we are all in this together. So what inspired you to really delve into this subject? Okay, let me take you back to 2013 when I realized that um, there's a lot of complaining in, in Kuwait. I, I, I will use Kuwait as an example. And, and uh, there's a lot of complaining, a lot of uh, pessimism. And uh, it all started when someone produced um, a song. And the song was, funny enough, a way to speak about the good in Kuwait or let's say the aim of the song was for change, yet the whole song was bashing Kuwait. And I remember, yeah, you understand that, don't you? It hurts, right? And I remember watching the song and crying and thinking, why do you need to bash Kuwait? So I picked up the phone and I spoke to the person because I knew him. And I said, why did you do this? He said, we have to change. I said, agree. But why do you have to put all these scenes and highlight these scenes that are not really the Kuwait? It's a ghetto in Kuwait. When you say Kuwait, when you put a ghetto in Kuwait and say this is Kuwait, it should change. The ghetto is dirty, the ghetto is, you know, it's a ghetto. So as Kuwaitis, we look at it and say, oh my God, this is so bad, our country should be better. And I said, why? because we have to change. And I'm listening to what he's saying and I'm thinking, yes, I know we need to change, but not with this per perspective. Anyway, so that's how it started. And then within two weeks, I was reading an article on CNN website. And basically the article had said that uh, after 10 years of research in Harvard or at Harvard, 
they came to the scientific conclusion that a person can only see things either in a positive or a negative way. You cannot combine them. And if you see things in a negative way, you're helpless. You're not able to influence it in a good way, whatever you try. But if you see it in a positive way, you find solutions, you find ways to manage and deal with it and even change it. And immediately I realized I see things in a positive way with hope. And he sees things in a negative way. Therefore, abuse is his way of venting his anger. And I thought, mm, I, what can I do? Now that this research is out, what can I do? And um, I started reflecting on what can be done. And I remember thinking, no, the best thing to do is to bring positive psychology to Kuwait. Okay, we're bringing positive psychology, how? So I started reflecting on how to bring positive psychology and I thought, the youth. The youth, you know, 60 to 70% of Kuwait are youth. And, uh, and I know this is an English podcast, but I'm going to use an Arabic word. Uh, the older you are, we, we, we associate, uh, we get thick-skinned. And thick-skinned, it's not the same in English and Arabic. Thick-skinned in Arabic means you have no feelings, no good feelings or bad feelings. We become bitter and, and cynical as well. Yeah, and you get, and, and you become this person that does not want to change. That's what... Uh, it means in Arabic, and I thought, no, the older they get, the more, and I'm older, the older we get, the more, um, the less likely we are to change our mind. But the youth are still not enveloped in the cynicism, and so there is hope for them to realize, I hate what I'm doing right now, I hate my life, I hate this hopeless, hopelessness I'm living, and I want to change. So once, once I reached the conclusion that we need to target the youth, I realized we have to do it differently. Lectures uh, don't work. Um, preaching doesn't work. What would work for the youth or with the youth? And then I got the idea. I approached someone I had worked with who came from an not an, a creative agency. And I said to her, come help me. We need to uh, be creative do amazing content and market youth, uh, sorry, market positivity for the youth in Kuwait. Now I know her well, and even she thought I was strange. And she looked at me and I said, we have to do something. We can't just watch this and be silent. So she came on board and we got a whole team of creative people and we literally spun positivity into um, an attractive trait to have, uh, a wanted uh, emotion to be in, a wanted uh, state of mind, uh, something that's admirable, not um, frowned on. And, uh, and I'm always asked, how do you know you succeeded? And it's easy. When I started in 2013, when you say to someone, uh, be positive, they look at you and say, we are realistic, which means equals pessimistic. 
And they kept telling me, yes, you have your head in the sand. You don't see what's happening. And I said, but I do see what's happening. And I see the opportunity in what's happening. And so after five years, when you say to someone you're, you're, um, you're negative, oh my God, they get so offended. So I knew we did well. So that's how we started. And because of everything I did with Nuwer, well, we did with Nuwer from uh, education in schools to working with uh, the people, be it in malls or in streets or on social media. So, you know, it's, it's, we're targeting people that want to change. I just want to. I just want to. I want to talk to you about something because I find I find a couple of points that you mentioned very very mm. interesting, and I think uh, I, I, as I said and as you know I'm half English I'm half Lebanese so whenever I do sit down and I have this conversation I studied neurolinguistics, my mother is a spiritual healer, my dad is an NLP an emotional intelligence uh, practitioner, so um, I have this ethos at home where your mind controls your thoughts, you know, it's the law of attraction, whatever you're going, the energy you put out there, you're going to receive and all of that. So listening to what you're saying is I'm 100% with you and definitely the youth is the perfect target because they're easily malleable, you can talk with them, they, they're not so rigid and fixed. However, in Lebanon, and I want to talk about Lebanon because I think uh, Kuwait and other GCC countries are working with their population a lot more a lot more established like they're connecting with the community you are a kuwait uh, you're her highness and you're in kuwait this is your country you know and you're talking this way so when i try to speak the language that you're speaking people look at me and they said oh that's just because you're english and but yeah. no you know or you just don't understand I, I, I do understand. You're telling me I'm English. I was born and raised in the Middle East. I, I've never, yeah. I lived in the UK for five years of my life. That's it. Like, I didn't suddenly change my uh, mindset because I moved to the UK. No, I need to find solutions. You keep telling me, no, really? Are we really going to go there? I mean, it, it goes, it, it, again, it's that what you mentioned with your, it, your mind is so closed and you know, you're pessimistic. What? There's no reason you can't sit with this person. There's no reason why you can't talk to that person. There's no reason why you can't try to understand why they follow that party. And then maybe give them a, a probable solution to be able to maybe want to change. At the moment, that resource is not there. So the resources that you are putting out there and, and what you're trying to market and talk about is so necessary. It's not a, a fluffy thing or something you're coming in and saying, uh, you know, living in the clouds and saying, I just want to make the world better. No, that's not going to happen. You need that. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for that, because basically that's what I was told when I started. And from the closest people to me, like, oh my God, just, you know, you're wearing pink eyeglasses. And I said, yes, and what's wrong with that? I oh, like you, my rose-tinted glasses, yes. what's wrong with you? Or, or you, know, you know, people used to say, yes, because you're rich, you can say these things. Yeah. And, I, and I would reply, and on my Instagram, they used to write that. And I would reply, why deprive yourself of anything because you think you're not enough? Yeah. And so they, they, you know, my answer would shock them. I said, and or I would write, I, or I would write, 
um, why underestimate yourself and what you can do? Well, it's so shocking to hear such a positive statement. They're expecting you to say something like Mahasak or why, why yeah, well, like this? Yeah, I, understand. I understand what they say because for a long time, I thought of it the same way. See, I, I actually always believe what people tell you is what you're saying to yourself. They just, you know, it's, it's just louder when it comes from someone else. And so if I hear it, it means I think it, I believe it. If I, sorry. I think it. And if I get annoyed, means I believe it. Yep. If I don't, then I don't. And if I don't, then that's okay. And if I do, I have to address myself, not them. They're just telling me, they're reflecting yep. my inner dialogue. So it's got nothing to do with them. It's got everything to do with me. So thank you for that. Yes, I was ridiculed. I was made fun of. It was hilarious. Now, looking back, it was hilarious to see what people used to say and think. At the time, I am beautifully English thick skinned, so I didn't care. And I just continued doing what I was doing because deep inside of me, I knew what I was doing is right. Anyway, so let's fast forward to- But you have, you have managed to create some change. What you've done has managed- Yeah, to yeah I'll tell people you. People that used to pick on you have turned around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. No, no, I'll continue. I'll continue. Go on then. Tell just, me. I'm listening. I, I just like storytelling. So, I'll tell <laughs> so do story. I. Let's go for it. Okay. So 2015, we started um, the educational part of positive psychology. And we started in uh, government schools. And we did the pilot study. It went brilliantly well. So what we did, we got experts in positive psychology to do a very simplified curriculum. Very simplified. Because I am... Um, I am so against complicating things because only people who don't understand complicate people who don't understand simplify. So we did a very engaging, very simplified curriculum based on exercises that are done consecutively and they build on each other to have social behavioral change. So we did the, we did the, um, the curriculum, we started implementing and lo and behold, and when we started implementing, we actually did, with the first six weeks of implementing, we did data collection and research. And what we realized within six weeks of implementing very simple exercises based on positive psychology, we had a significant change in the student's outlook on life. Significant that we published our research in the top journal of, uh, of social sciences. We had a 7% between rise and decrease with uh, yeah, six weeks, 7%. The ones, the control group, they, their outlook on life went down. The, um, the, the, the students we worked with, their, outlook, their, their, you know, their look on life went up. So we had a 7% change. Still, I was skeptical, like, seriously, it's that easy. And, and this is the honest truth. It's that easy. And what we do is we train the teachers on the same exercises that we train the students. The teacher, teachers change. They go back to school. The student changes. So we have documented huge social behavioral change from less absenteeism, to less violence in school, uh, less, um, um, what else? More, uh, less violence, 
more um, collaboration, higher grades, higher success rates, um, teachers and students bonding, um, teachers' morale went up, students' morale up went up. So all of this social behavioral change is real. And it's just by working with these students and teachers in a very uh, positive way. So what we do basically is we allow their brain to think of different scenarios as opposed to one, which is, this is bad, I'm not going to do it. Okay, I hate school. Let's say a teacher, I hate school, because some teachers hate school. So we start using the exercises with the teachers. I mean, it could be an exercise like one week, every day, write three things you like about your work. And they have to find three things they like. And based on positive psychology, once you open this opportunity for them to see the positive, it grows. So to be, this to be, is to a be grateful of something, to appreciate. Exactly. exactly. So this is why I knew that working psychologically with people changes their behavior so much because we've done that. We've been doing it since 2013. I didn't come suddenly and say, oh my God, I love drama therapy. I want to implement it. No, I wish it was like that, but no, I had to work at it. So we knew that change can happen, that behaviors change, that, you know, we used to have suicidal students that became the top of their class and they became um, like team leaders, suicidal students. So all it needed was someone to support them, someone to say, we're here for you, someone to listen to them, and someone to say nice things to them. And someone, and, and a space to feel like they're not being judged. Exactly. I think this is the biggest thing in the Arab world, and that's why a lot of people don't up, open up. It's what is this person going to say about me? What is this person thinking about me if I tell them this? And how am I going to deal with this afterwards? So, I mean, I find this, especially with the males, it's so, it's so in, it's so deep in, in the males, you know? And, and I was talking to a, a lovely gentleman, his name is Elie Dahir, before you. And uh, he said to me, Sophie, um, I'm Lebanese. And when I left Big Faya and I moved to America, I had so much that I had to deal with because I was taught not to be emotional, not to, under to, to put my emotions to one side, not to express, you know, to always be hard. And he's like, you know, I had so much trauma to go through when I moved to the States that now he's an NLP emotional intelligence practitioner and coach. Um, mm -hmm. And I said, why are you doing that? He's like, because there are so many men in the Middle East that need this help and they don't know how to get it and they're scared to even acknowledge that they need it because it's not manly and um, I need to change it. So uh, how, how does that fare with you? I mean, how do you have uh, males uh, interacting? Uh, do you, how do you feel the balance is? Okay, so in, in Kuwait, we work with both female and male students and female and male teachers. And, you know, in Kuwait, we don't segregate between females and males. But in the foundation, we only work with women. And the reason we do that, it's we love men. I think men are the most beautiful thing on earth. 
the reason we work with women is one woman can influence six individuals. Yeah. Children can only influence themselves and the future. Men uh, have a, a bigger chip on their shoulders. And as you said, the ego might prevent some of them of, from even seeking support or not even help. So we choose to work with the women for more than one reason. Predominantly, they are, they are bystanders. And literally, no one looks at bystanders. bystanders. Number two, women are neglected totally in the psychological uh, support uh, category. Everyone looks to support children. No one looks at women. And number three, you know, Again, we're talking Arabic. I love Arabic. That's fine. So, you can speak Arabic. We, we have listeners yeah. that understand Arabic. Yes. You're all right. <laughs> uh, basically, when we support one woman, she can support more individuals than if we support children and men. And at the end, women influence their children, women influence their husbands. And to top it all up, women are more likely to be collaborative than men. Women nurture, they're nurturers. So it is in their interest as women to change their families, their societies. It's in their, um, you know, DNA. nature. <laughs> yeah. And on top of all of this, trauma is inherited. And it's, uh, if we don't do anything, then we are going to another bigger cycle of trauma than we have right now. And as you said, I was, I mean, the reason I know that is, you know, during the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait, I had two little girls and uh, for, for a long time, I pretended nothing was going on because I didn't want to scare them. So I would be laughing when the bombing was happening and telling them, oh, these are fire, uh, you know, like, um, what do you call them? Um, fireworks, or let me put loud music and you dance. Yes, that made, they don't remember the war. They don't remember being in one shelter and, and the other. But I was traumatized because I had to hide my feelings. So all of this made me think that, yes, women need support. And if we support women, we can change our narrative. We can change the way things happen in the Arab world. Uh, as you can see, I just got a bit teary-eyed. <laughs> so, uh, no, because I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, domestic violence is rife and they don't talk and, 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 and people don't, don't speak about anything. My mom, she, yes, she's English. Yes, she's got thick skin, but she was in Lebanon during the Civil War and she had to run uh, my brother who was uh, 11 months uh, 11 months old in, in her hands and my sister who was two years old you know, running across um, Ramt al-Baida, trying to get to a Chinook mm -hmm. uh, American helicopter to get out. And um, the bombs and the guns were flying off in front of her and, and three people were shot dead in front of her while she was running. 
And if it wasn't for a black Marine who ran across the beach and grabbed my brother, my sister and my brother, she wouldn't have made it to the helicopter. And she never, I mean, this is my older sister and my older brother, so we're four. So I'm the third. I never heard about that story till I was 23 years old. Um, wow. And when she told me, I was shocked. I was like, why don't you talk about it? She's like, what? It's in the past. It's gone. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm Aha. like, but and you're this not. Is the reason, <laughs> and this is the reason we do what we do. And this is the reason we started the foundation was because we realized basically that women, other than not wanting to seek psychological support because of their shame, uh, their families don't allow them to seek psychological support well what will the neighbors or the family say the third thing would be Arab women are not used to sitting in a closed room and speak about their private stories to some to a complete stranger this is not within our vocabulary and the fourth which is what you said your mother did was to bury it so deep that they don't want to un, un, you know deal with it anymore you know, let's bury it, we'll forget it. Little do we know that burying doesn't mean we forget it, it just festers inside and, and it becomes this um, darkness that we don't know what it is. I mean, I, I went through it, I buried it and I thought, oh, I'm fine, we're liberated, we're fine. Until I realized I'm beating my daughters. Why am I beating my daughters? They haven't done anything. That's when I started seeking help. So it's only when you realize what you're doing is wrong. And a lot of times we don't know what we're doing is wrong. And I'll give you an example of one of our women. And uh, I know a lot of other uh, listeners would also understand what I'm saying. So in her statement, she said, when my daughter used to ask me for water, I used to beat her. Now when she asks me for water, I realized she's thirsty. You see, she's realized the daughter isn't annoying her, isn't, um, uh, you know, isn't, isn't, doesn't intentionally want to hurt the mother. But it came as a realization when she had this peace inside, when she, she was able to breathe, when she was able to step back from that traumatized person, when she was able to have that little gap between action and reaction, that's when she realized she's safe. I know, and, the, and that, that space is so hard to find um, and, and it's not provided to you a lot. Um, and as you said, it's, it's so hard to want to seek it. Now, um, Sheikha, I, I tend to do this with most of my guests. Uh, I, as we wrap up, I usually say to them, you have the floor, you have the, my audience's attention. And is there anything that you would like to leave with them today? Ooh, thank you. Number one, if you're not as happy as you think you should be, seek help. And when I say seek help, help doesn't have to be sitting with a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Help can be, as you said, doing theater, dancing, uh, doing a group of friends that, that you discuss uh, your problems and not to find solutions as much as to just say it. Yesterday, and I'll share something. Yesterday, I shared with my daughter something that made me feel so ashamed for months, for months. And it was festering inside of me. 
And, and then I did laughing yoga. And with the laughing yoga, she said, whenever you get serious or whenever you have a big problem, laugh. Even if you pretend, your mind doesn't comprehend the, the difference between pretend and reality. So laugh as you're thinking of the problem and, you, and to help resolve it. So I went for a walk and I wasn't feeling well. So I started uh, laughing, you know, laughing. And uh, you know, our, our trainer said to us, ha ha ha, see? So I will leave it to whoever's listening to when they're trying to resolve the problem to do it in a very creative, in a very fun way because it'll tell, take you out of your serious mind into more of your creative alpha mind. And only in alpha can we resolve problems that we find unresolvable in beta. I hope you didn't lose them with the alpha and the beta, but I think it may. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'll make alpha and beta very, very, very easy. Beta is when you're doing calculations, when you're sitting and really focused on work, when you're serious, your eyebrows, you're frowning, and you're heavy, okay? And this is beta. Alpha is when you're doing something fun, and suddenly it's like the wheels in your mind start coming up with better and better ideas. It could be playing with children, it could be riding a horse, it could be theater, it could be singing, dancing, Anything that's creative takes you to a different frequency in your brain that opens up channels that you didn't think are available. That's just absolutely wonderful. I, it's been such a pleasure to have you um, on our show today. I, I love watching you. I love talking to you. You've made my day. It's, it's so beautiful to hear. And it's so... Um, needed to hear especially in the Arab world uh, you don't hear it so often and when you do it's a it's a relief yeah. <laughs> that that you're not on your own there are people working we're, we're doing it we don't know each other but we're going somewhere together and hopefully for the better can can I just add one more thing before uh, go for it leave? I would encourage anyone who speaks Arabic to uh, follow our Instagram account, I Act for Peace. So Intasar Foundation is, is you know, a, a very valuable account about what we're doing. So this is on Instagram. Uh, I Act for Peace is the virtual platform that we launched beginning of the year. And in it, we will do, we will be presenting very simple exercises that women can, or women and men. We actually have men saying, why do you address only women? Address men too. So I would encourage each and everyone listening to go open I Act for Peace, one word, um, and look at the exercises, do the exercises with us, uh, do share what, what's happening with you, do share uh, or ask questions, or at the least help us make this as good as possible because we want to support one million women we want to bring peace to our Arab region. We want to stop this cycle of trauma and violence. And women can do it. Scientifically, women can do it. Theoretically, women can do it. 
and with our females that we're working with, we've seen, documented, and have evidence that women can change their homes and their societies. So let, you know, whoever wants to be powerful, learn drama therapy. Whoever wants to be powerful, be a part of the change. Don't be shy of shining. Don't hide your value. Don't hide yourself. Don't, you are who you are. Be will be accepted. And we have people. Yeah, women and, are powerful. Sheikha is sitting right here talking to you guys. I have nothing else to repeat, you know, like what she said is so strong, so correct, so powerful. And I know while she's saying it, all of you are probably hearing what she's saying and seeing that she has a point. So please, I act for peace. Head over there, have a look and see where we can go from there. Now, Sheikh and Sarah Sabah, thank you so much for being with us today. We, I, I'm, I'm so happy I had the chance to yes namaste as well <laughs> all the love big hearts and keep doing what you're doing we i support you levon x support you we all support you and uh we are here to stand together and make a difference in the first the arab world and wherever we can get to next so yes i agree with you stand strong stand up and make a difference thank you very much for being with us today take care and have a wonderful evening <laughs>